Hey everybody, welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast, dedicated to raising awareness, sharing IBD stories, and offering support for those with Crohn's and colitis. Together, we can share knowledge, experiences, and help show the world the many faces of IBD. Well, hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Crohn's warrior since 2006 and lifelong fitness fanatic. My guest today is Melissa Martin, a Crohn's disease warrior who was diagnosed almost 17 years ago. Since that time, she's gone through medications, doctor visits, procedures, and found herself experiencing many sick days. Early on, she and her family were introduced to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, where they found hope, community, and support. She attended Camp Oasis as a child and continues to be involved in the organization to this day. Thank you so much for joining me today, Melissa, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. So before we jump into how you're currently managing your IBD, because it sounds like it's it's pretty well under control at this point, so... Why don't it we... is. It is. Good. It's a good time good. right now. Good. Well, I definitely want to get into that in a minute. So why don't you start by sharing your Crohn's story, kind of when you had your first flare and the lead up to your diagnosis? Yeah. So I was diagnosed when I was in fifth grade. So I was 10. Um, for years, I had been a very sick child, malnourished, um, had many of the symptoms that now, looking back, could be identified as Crohn's disease right away. But, um, you know, two decades ago, it wasn't as common for mm-hmm. children to be diagnosed with this disease. So I experienced many years of um, sickness, chronically having to use the restroom, lots of sick days from school and a fever. And um, finally, in fifth grade, the week of Halloween, my uh, pediatrician recommended that my parents put me in the hospital to try to identify exactly what was going on because we had went to many doctors throughout the years and hadn't ha- found a um, an answer, I guess. So I, of course, being a 10-year-old, was very upset that I was being hospitalized the week of um, Halloween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had my costume picked out and I didn't get to go trick-or-treating. Aww. But um, after that week, at the end of the week, we had an answer. And at the time, being a child, being told I had Crohn's disease, I didn't know what that meant. I was just excited that I was being discharged. I could go play a basketball tournament that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm sure from my parents' point of view, it was a relief and also heartbreaking to finally have answers. But so that's when... Did your parents have any idea what Crohn's disease was when no. you got the diagnosis? No, not at all. And um, it wasn't anything I'd been in our family before or friends or anything like that. So it was very surprising. Um, and I started... At that point, I'd probably been in a flare for years, most of my life. So I started medication and started to get some of the symptoms under control so I could start going back to school and... Um, living a semi-normal life. But um, yeah, I think it was a big shock because back then it wasn't something that children really had. And as soon as I was diagnosed, my doctor handed us a pamphlet for Camp Oasis and recommended that I go there. So that was kind of my first introduction to uh, the Crohn's and Clyde's Foundation. Yeah. So it sounds like right away you got involved and found out about it. What, tell me a little bit, first tell me a little bit about some of the medications that they had, because this is almost 17 years ago. So tell me a little bit about what the treatment options were at that point and maybe what you went through. And then I want you to talk a little bit about Camp Oasis and what that experience was like. 
Yeah, definitely. So a lot of the medications that I um, started with, I am still on. Um, so I have a medication that suppresses my immune system and then also one for like an acid reflex. They've changed names throughout the years um, mm -hmm. <laughs> as patents have come up, but so I'm on the generics <laughs> for those. And then um, I actually started on a steroid and 6MP, which is no longer used to treat Crohn's disease. Um, so I was on those medications for 10 years. And then um, when I graduated high school, I switched over to Humira. Now I take that along with those other medications um, to kind of mm -hmm. regulate my Crohn's. Mm -hmm. So, and the Humira has been working very well. I started on it um, about eight years ago now, and I did that every two weeks and now it's every week. And um, they monitor me to make sure that I'm still responding to the drug. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been a good one. That's fantastic. So tell me a little bit now, jump into the Camp Oasis. You were 10 years old when you attended? I was 10. And like I said, I was still in the hospital and I was handed the pamphlet and told to go. Um, that was my first time ever attending an overnight camp. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm in Minnesota, so it was the Midwestern region. So we had children from Wisconsin, North and South Dakota, and then Iowa. Wow. And I showed up the first day and there was 150 kids, all with um, varying degrees of Crohn's and colitis. And immediately it became normal to mm -hmm. have Crohn's because um, you went to the nurse every day to get your medication transmitted. All the staff either knew someone who had Crohn's or had Crohn's themselves or had children with Crohn's. Um, so it's such a great environment. I mean, it's, it's camp, so it's fun. Mm -hmm. So you do day activities and bonfires at night. And then throughout it all, they normalize the fact that you have a disease and you're different. So. Do you think you got a better understanding of Crohn's disease at that point by being able to attend the camp and see other kids with it and learn more about what the disease was? Yeah, I definitely think it was very educational, um, learning from a young age, like the different types of the disease and, you know, how some kids can be more sick or not as sick as you and that's okay. And um, learning about surgeries and medications that other friends were on. I mean, I started Humira after hearing another friend having great success with it. and. I've attended the weddings of my friends that I met at mm -hmm. Camp Oasis and still are connected with many of them now. So Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So what is the biggest takeaway? I'm sure that an experience like that, I mean, Crohn's itself is impactful in your life, but then to attend something like that right away, what's the biggest takeaway or the lesson that you think you learned from that that you've carried with you? Um, to just talk about IBD. Mm -hmm. To make it seem so normal and that it wasn't something to be ashamed of or to hide. I mean, I would say almost everyone in my life knows to some capacity that I have Crohn's disease. and I talk very openly with my friends and family about it. Um, mm -hmm. So, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's not, not feeling like I have to hide it. Yeah, that's awesome. So are you still involved with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation? Obviously, you're uh, probably not attending Camp Oasis. But, uh... <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Um, but yeah, I still try to be very active. Um, the Crohn's and Clyde's Foundation, I try to volunteer when they have um, events going on in my area. And then now they've started a young adults, like a young professional mm -hmm. um, networking group in the Twin Cities. So that's been great to be able to meet other young working professionals as me um, to widen my friendship group and also just to see how they're managing work-life balance with the uh, chronic disease. That's fantastic. 
Now, I think it's my understanding that some of the chapters, the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation chapters, they offer different programs. So is that young professional one, is that unique to the chapter that is in your area? Do you know of uh, if it's expanded into many others? I'm not sure if it's just in the Minneapolis um, chapter. I was looking on their website one day and noticed on how to connect with um, the CCFA Foundation's website to mm -hmm. connect with people in my area. So I just searched in Minneapolis and it pulled up seven um, like groups that I could join. And that was one of them. So that's mm -hmm. how I found out that um, it existed. Very good. So tell me a little bit, because I mentioned earlier that you seem to be in a good spot managing your your IBD now. So tell me a little bit about what you do, kind of how you got to this point where you're managing it and you're doing really well. And if it's been medication, lifestyle, a little bit about how you got to this point. Yeah, so I would say for the last four years, I've been in a really good place. Like flares have been very minimal. Um, and my medication has really seemed to be doing the trick. And um, before that, I kind of went through a period of 10 years where, um, you know, it was hard to get to my classes. It was hard to get to work. Um, you know, I wasn't, mm -hmm. I really wasn't really managing my Crohn's. I was just kind of living with the symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, and I really think the big switch for me was when I started um, four years ago, I got engaged. And of course, as a bride, I was like, I'm going to lose all this weight and I'm going to get mm -hmm. healthy for my wedding. Um so that's kind of what started is I started researching, you know, exercises, foods that are good for you. And I started cooking and meal prepping. And um, three years ago, I had my first colonoscopy where the doctor came back and said that there were no active signs of my Crohn's disease. Like there was obviously scar tissue, but there was no open sores or anything like that. And that was the first one that you've gotten a clear? Yes. Wow. Yep. And that was the first time they've gotten in and said that, you know, we're not on alert with you that there's that we need to be doing more to treat you. Yeah. And then um in 2017 was my last colonoscopy and again I got the same um diagnosis that the lifestyle balance of working out and eating healthy foods and managing my stress was paying off because I was looking good. So wow. So knock on wood that that continues. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so have you always been active or was this really just since you were getting ready for your wedding and starting then? Yeah, so it really started when I got engaged. I wanted to look good for my wedding, so I decided um, to start working out and eating healthy, and that was really the first time that I had been active. I mean, I played sports as a child, but that um, kind of went away when I entered high school, and really high school and college, I was very sedentary, um, kind of studying and, and working on that. So um, that was, I mean, the first time that I had a gym membership was mm -hmm. four years ago when I signed up <laughs> for the Anytime across the street from my apartment. Um, and it's really made a huge difference. I mean, I started really slow because I had no clue what I was doing mm -hmm. and taking classes and um, really fell in love with running uh, six months into the process. And now that's kind of my my favorite way to exercise. So what were some of the things you noticed early on? Um, I imagine you were feeling stronger and the exercise helped. But were there symptoms or signs that you noticed that, wow, this exercise is really making a difference? Yes, I definitely think energy-wise was the first time that I actually noticed that I was feeling better. Um, mm -hmm. You know, especially with Crohn's and colitis, like that fatigue can be one of the hardest yeah. things to struggle through. And that is, I think, the first sign that I noticed that the the working out and the eating healthy and fueling my body and drinking enough water was really helping because I would get home at the end of the day and I would have the energy mm -hmm. to 
you know, go to the gym for half an hour or go for a long run. And um, for me, that was the biggest sign. And then I would say slowly over the next year, I started to notice that, you know, the stomach pains, the heartburn, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the issues with having to go to the bathroom all the time were kind of diminishing. I mean, I never in my life when I was really sick thought I could run a half marathon and not need to use the restroom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's kind of the symptoms as I slowly came over the last year. And now it's been like when I do have stomach pains, like, whoa, what is this? So, and then I kind of have to reevaluate and um, take a step back to try to get back to that more normal that I've um, come to over the years. And how many half marathons have you run now? I've run three. Oh, that's I got awesome. my fourth one this year. Yes. Wow. That's fantastic. So you obviously, you love running. Are there other types of exercise or activities that you found have also been beneficial? Yes. Um, so in the, I really enjoy weightlifting as well. Um, not only because I was a malnourished child and always really small, I've mm-hmm. enjoyed being able to build my body to a healthy weight. Um, as my doctors have always wanted over the years to get up to that weight that um, was healthy and I look good and I feel good and I um, have the strength to lift my suitcase into the overhead bin on the airplane or carry all the groceries in in one load. So, um, and weightlifting is also during times when I am in a flare and I can't run, it's also less stressful for me to do my workouts at the gym and just lift weights because I know the bathroom's right there if needed. So. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned, um, because you kind of just said there that you're strong enough to lift your suitcase overhead now (laughs) when you're traveling, (laughs) but uh, you mentioned in one of your Instagram posts, I'd seen that you said that you used to hate traveling until after you started focusing on your health and fitness. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yep. Um, So for me, obviously, one of the biggest stressors of traveling is you know, always need to know where the bathroom is and um, making sure I pack all my medication with me. But um, for me, the biggest thing now is I focus when I go on vacations of ways to explore and incorporate healthy living and working out into my trips. So, Mm -hmm. you know, taking a fun workout class, packing snacks that I know will fuel my body so I feel good when I get home from the trip so I'm not fatigued and trying new restaurants with foods that I enjoy and I know won't um, cause me to have a hiccup in my, um, you know, in my health are really fun now for me. So, and then Mm -hmm. of course, being able to put my suitcase in the overhead bin was a big plus. (laughs) It's a big win. That took the stress out of it. Yes. Although sometimes it's nice to have other people do it for you. (laughs) Yes. They're normally, a gentleman will normally offer, but it was very satisfying the first time I did it with my heavy suitcase. So. Definitely agree. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about your food journey, because you're obviously in a good place. You found foods that work for you. You mentioned taking snacks or going to restaurants that you know are going to be good for you. How did you tell me a little bit about that process of finding what foods worked, what didn't, and then talk a little bit about what those foods are and and what you're eating now. Yeah. So um, as a kid, like I said, I struggled with being malnourished and not um, meaning the weight that my doctors necessarily wanted me to be. So as a child, I had a very poor diet because Mm -hmm. my parents and my doctors just wanted me to gain the weight to get to that healthy level so that they weren't worried about, you know, me being malnourished and dehydrated. So I ate a lot of fast food and a lot of junk food just to simply get the calories in my body. And Mm -hmm. um, four years ago when I started working out um, to get healthy for my wedding, um, I 
told my doctor that I wanted to get healthy and she recommended that I connect with a nutritionist that specialized in working with IBD patients. So I went to go visit her and I've seen her, I would say every year, every other year now since then to talk about the types of foods that I should eat to fuel my body, the amount of food that I need to eat because with my Crohn's disease that can impact how my body absorbs the nutrients that I'm eating. So to know if I need to eat more or less of a certain food um, to feel healthy and happy. So um, that's how I discovered that the foods that I can eat, such as like raw fruits and vegetables, I'm actually really okay eating um, Mm -hmm. as long as I stick with ones that are not as um, starchy or fibrous. So, you know, I don't eat a lot of foods with seeds in them. It's a lot of bananas and squash and cucumbers, Mm -hmm. but, um, and not eating the peels because that can be hard for me to digest. Um, And really getting away from those um, over-processed foods has really helped me as well. So a lot of just protein, fruits and veggies, and um, simple carbs, I guess, like rice and Mm -hmm. quinoa have been really good for me. So easier to easier to digest. Easier to digest, yes. Um, and for me, if I can feel myself going into a flare, I typically will scale back on the fruits and vegetables and just stick with, you know, the basic like bread, chicken, milk, stuff like the bananas that are easy for my body to digest until I kind of feel like I've had it under control. And then mm-hmm. I can start to reintroduce those foods again. That's fantastic. So do you still continue to work with the Crohn's dietitian or are you pretty much at a point now where you you know what you need to do and can take it from there? Yeah, so I met with her last year and that was kind of the last time that we talked about the macros and the amount of foods I should be eating. So now that I've been at this healthy weight and I'm just trying to maintain, I haven't worked with her again. But if I were to um, change, if I wanted to gain more weight to gain more muscle, I would definitely go back to her. I would recommend mm-hmm. anyone to talk to their um, gastroenterologist to see if they have someone like that in the office because it was super beneficial for me to learn, you know, all oh, my body isn't actually absorbing all the nutrients that I'm eating. So I have to eat differently so my body can work better. Mm-hmm. Now, was she actually a part of your gastrointestinal, your GI doctor, part of his office? Was she part of that practice? Yes. Okay. Yep. So she was she was in-house and um, I scheduled with her just like I would when I saw him and um, it was it was very convenient and very educational. Oh, it's fantastic. I don't know if every office has that. Um, I've never been introduced to one, but that's really good to hear and definitely something people should look into because obviously mm-hmm. it's out there. <laughs> yeah. And I think it might be a more recent thing, say now discovering how mm-hmm. much food can be a trigger. Um, cause I know every yeah. time I eat pizza, I'm going to regret it later, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think they realize that now and I, I think they're trying to expand their offering. So it never hurts to ask. Yeah. And I think you're right about that because I've noticed even the research that the Crohn's and colitis foundation is doing and just a lot of the research in general that's being done for Crohn's and colitis, a lot of it now really is looking at food and different diets. So I think there is this shift towards at the very least, saying, okay, food can affect or maybe be a part of management and a part of treatment. So that's uh, yes. pretty exciting, I think, now. So you've been pretty much in a flare for 10 years up until this, the last four years where you started to feel good. But prior to that, those mm-hmm. 10 years, you said you were pretty much in a constant flare. So do you have 
throughout that time, did you develop any tips or tricks and kind of things that you would go to when you would start to feel your symptoms ramp up or go into a full flare? Yeah. So I, I definitely, like I said, I adjusted my diet to try to be more liquid based and not as harsh of flavors and spices that were going through my body. And then typically what I would do, um, I was on Humira at that time. So I would call my doctor and we would adjust um, my scheduling and my medication mix um, to try to address the issue. And then the biggest one was just forgiveness. Like you're not going to be able to go do everything that you normally do when you're healthy. So settle in with a book and just kind of forgive yourself for not being able to be there. So that's a that's probably the biggest one. Yeah, that's great. Just that forgiveness of because I think we do put a lot of stress and a lot of pressure on ourselves to keep up with everyone, keep up with friends, go out, go to events and do different things. So being able to forgive ourselves of it's okay. And just stay just stay home and rest. <laughs> yep. Take care of yourself. So you mentioned curling up with a good book <laughs> during those times, <laughs> and it, it sounds like you're a pretty avid reader. Do you have yes. <laughs> any recommendations that you have come across over the years, either about Crohn's or things that have just helped you overall in your journey? Is there anything you would recommend that people seek out and read? Yeah, I really love the book Grit. Um, I'm not sure about the author name because I borrowed it to a friend, but mm -hmm. um, it's about like persistence and perseverance is how you can become successful across all areas of life. And that's kind of how I look at my Crohn's disease too, is mm -hmm. persistence and, um, you know, sticking with it and you'll eventually get back to that healthy remission stage. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'll look up the author and I'll put it in the show notes so that it, if anyone wants to read it, it'll be easy right there. Yeah, it's been one of my favorites. I recommend it to everyone. <laughs> Fantastic. So what's, tell me, what's been the biggest challenge that you have faced since having Crohn's and how did you overcome it? Yeah, so my biggest challenge was when I was studying for my CPA exam. I was very stressed. I had just started my full-time job and that was probably my biggest flare. And that was actually when I started working out. And I think mm -hmm. that that's, that in combination with my medications and my eating healthy was what helped me get through not only that stressful period of my time when I was studying and working and experiencing a flare, but to get to um, the stage I'm at now where I can be healthy and do the things that I, um, mm -hmm. you know, want to do and enjoy. Exactly. What are your best tips for managing stress? Because obviously you went through some really stressful times, CPA exams, <laughs> your marriage, <laughs> um, but stress is a big trigger for a lot of us. Have you found over the last couple of years, have you found some new ways or better ways to help manage that and kind of balance life and IBD? Yeah, I definitely think working out is one of the best stress reliefs. Even if I go to the gym and I just walk on the treadmill for 20 minutes, you know, as I watch a funny show that's mm -hmm. so much weight comes off of your shoulders, it, your body just loves to move and wants to move. So it does really feel better when you do that. So that's probably my biggest. Um, stress relief at this point or, you know, coming home from a night at work and cuddling it with a book or mm -hmm. I always joke with my friends getting a puppy is the biggest stress relief <laughs> ever. So they are. Because I've been yes, I got we got our first dog four years ago and my husband likes to joke that that coincides with when I started to go into my remission. So Aww. who knows if that's true, but they are they are a great stress relief. 
I think I saw a recent picture you posted where you were squatting uh, with your little puppy and then yeah. four years <laughs> later, <laughs> still carrying him around. <laughs> yeah, she's got she's gotten big, but um, no, they, they are a great stress relief. They are. So how have you mentioned kind of fitness and even just doing like 20 minutes walking on the treadmill to relieve stress and things like that. How have you balanced when you've been fatigued or had periods of being fatigued or maybe minor symptoms? How do you kind of balance that with working out? Yeah. So like, like I said before, really that forgiveness and acceptance and mm -hmm. um, being, being okay with yourself, not going to the gym for however long it takes for you to get back to that point of health for you. Um, so I do eliminate or cut back on my workouts when I am in a flare. Um, just because I've noticed that that extra stress in my body to heal my muscles after a workout takes away from my body's ability to heal itself and get back mm -hmm. to that state of healthy for me. So um, I do cut back on the working out piece of it. So Yeah, that's good to know. And it's a good tip because it really is, I think, a fine line of pushing our body so that we can become stronger, but allowing mm -hmm. ourselves that time to rest so that we can become stronger. <laughs> No, exactly. And that, like I said, that's the, that's the hardest part when you are working out or have a goal in mind or a race that's coming up is to be okay telling yourself, it's fine. There's next week, there's tomorrow. It's not, you know, the one day or the one week or the one month isn't going to impact that much. And it's more important for you to be healthy and yep. able to do the things in your life every day without being in pain. So that's a good, good outlook. So you've been sharing pieces of your Crohn's journey as part of your Instagram. What compelled you to actually start talking about IBD and staying involved with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation like you do? Yeah, so because I was introduced to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation so early, um, it's always been a huge part of my family. I mean, I have friends that I met through there. I've um, taken part in the Take Steps walk mm -hmm. in in previous years and then obviously attending camp oasis it's a big part of that so um when i finished college i wanted to reconnect with the organization that's how i found that um young adults um like networking events and they have been the ones that have been keeping us up to date on activities so last year i got to volunteer setting up for the gala that um crowns and clients foundation had in minnesota so that was a great way mm -hmm. to meet more people in the area and also to see what an amazing event that is um because i had not previously known that it was around so that was a good way to get involved mm. there and um like i said attending camp oasis really normalized ibd for me so i am very open with my disease and um like its impact on me and my family so i think upon meeting me within five or ten minutes people know that i have crowns uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a big part of the in my life i mean yeah, I go into a store or a restaurant. I immediately know where the bathroom is, just to make sure. I take medication regularly. I travel with medication, so it's just kind of something that I'm very open and honest about with individuals. So, and then when I did join social media, like four or five years ago on on Instagram, that's when I really started to connect with um, friends that I have with Crohn's and colitis, and then also with the broader community of people mm -hmm. where I will post that I have Crohn's and colitis, and someone else will comment. Like, oh, my sister has that or my mom has that. And it's just such a great way to connect with people that also have the disease and also caregivers, loved ones that have mm -hmm. the disease to see, you know, what, how they're impacted by it as well. 
Do you find it's becoming more common when you talk with people that people are familiar with the disease or is it still kind of a mix of people have never heard of it and some people know everything about it? <laughs> no, I definitely think it's become way more normal. Um, <laughs> especially over the years, like I've met professors that have it and individuals over the internet. Um, I think the statistic now is one in 11 people will have IBD. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, it's much more common now to, when I do say, oh, I have Crohn's disease for the individual to come back, oh, I know what that is, or mm -hmm. I know someone who has it. Um, so that's been a really cool transition for me to see that progress over the years. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, reassuring it's promising i think that the word is getting out there that hopefully more and more people will continue to learn about it mm -hmm. and i think the crohn's and Kleist foundation does a great job educating and spreading awareness of it um over the years you know there's been laws passed that have helped make bathrooms more accessible to people with ibd and that's a huge thing because that's obviously when it becomes known on the news it educates people to look into it to see what exactly it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've definitely been a huge force in that. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation is pretty phenomenal. I I love them. I think they're a <laughs> tremendous organization just for the, the amount of research that they're doing, the fundraising that they do to do the research, and just the awareness. It's pretty remarkable what they do. So it's, it's pretty great to have them in our corner. Yes, definitely. So with all of the people that you've met over the years who have IBD, just through the, whether it be Camp Oasis or through volunteering or just talking to people, do you think that talking with people and advocating about IBD, do you think that it has shaped your view of what this disease is? Yes, I do. Because like with Crohn's and colitis, it's so unique and individual for each person. I mean, I've been listening to your podcast and to hear the different diets that work for every individual. I mean, I think everyone on your mm -hmm. podcast has had a different diet yeah. or exercise <laughs> plan that works for them. And that's truly, I think it's the most amazing part about Crohn's disease is that you can have the same disease and have completely different experiences. But at the end of the day, you know, they're on your side, they're in your corner. And that's amazing. I agree. Is there one thing that you wish people either, either with the disease or without the disease? Um, is there one thing that you wish people knew about Crohn's and colitis? I can't really think of anything because I tell everyone about it every time I meet yeah. them. Um, <laughs> I guess just being, being forgiving as well when you have friends mm -hmm. or family that can't attend the event for whatever reason. So Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely needed and appreciated to have the, the support and forgiveness from, from friends and family. Yeah. So just make it a normal you know, acceptance thing. Oh, I can't make it. That's cool. See you next time. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And keep inviting us. <laughs> yeah, exa exactly. And my, my squad has definitely gotten very used to that response. And I don't even think it phases them anymore. So probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so I've mentioned your Instagram a couple times. If people want to keep up with you and follow you and your journey, uh, where can they find you online? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at happy, healthy Mel. Um, and that's really my main use of social media. I don't have Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I like Instagram because I can see captions and photos and really connect with people. So it's, it's awesome. And the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation page is great too. They share, um, patient stories and tips and, um, 
they'll have sometimes takeovers from nurses or doctors. So I really enjoy following them as well. And they're just at Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Is that correct? Yes. Did I get that yep, right? Yep. And they have the blue, the blue star next to their name too. They're verified. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> but it's also a great way to find out about events going on in your area because I know if they have different chapters that they link to. So mm -hmm. um, that's a good way to connect with other people as well. Perfect. Was there anything I didn't ask you today that you wanted to share that? No, I, no, I, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's in been a great talking to you. <laughs> Oh, it's been fantastic. I really appreciate you taking the time to visit with me and share your story. And I truly appreciate all the work you continue to do to just simply raise awareness and tell people about Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. So thank you. No, thank you too. I've enjoyed listening to your podcast and look forward to connecting with more people. Thank you for listening to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have an IBD story, either as a patient or a family member that you'd like to share as a guest on this podcast, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email at Crohn'sFitnessFood at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about me and my Crohn's journey, follow me on Instagram using at Crohn'sFitnessFood, or visit my blog for in-depth articles about my struggles and victories with Crohn's through diet, fitness, and lifestyle at www.cronesfitnessfood.com. And finally, remember, be strong, be grateful, and be the warrior that you are.